Hey, sports are back, and The Athletic is offering big savings to help you enjoy all the action. Get unlimited access to breaking news and in-depth stories and expert analysis on what's sure to be probably the most unforgettable season in the history of sports. So subscribe now to see for yourself the creativity, the reporting, and the storytelling that sets The Athletic apart. To do that, just go to theathletic.com slash Starkville and you can receive 40% off an annual subscription. Sports are back. You won't want to miss the breaking stories on your favorite teams. So go to theathletic.com slash Starkville for 40% off an annual subscription. Hope to see you there. And welcome to Starkville. Baseball Hall of Famer Jason Stark. And then the robot said, strike. That's why you're going in the Hall of Fame. It's an inside the park home run. Doug Glanville. Mike tried his coffee at Starbucks with a double latte skinny. Jason Stark <laughs> is against humanity. Take away the human elements of Starkville. Doug, are you ready to make some podcast magic? I am ready. Bring on the magic wand. Let's do it. <laughs> Greetings and welcome to Starkville. I'm Jason Stark. I write about baseball for The Athletic. As always, joined by my good friend, writer, broadcaster, professor, distinguished former major leaguer, Doug Glanville. And Doug, we have just finished a week unlike any in history. And I'm, I'm not saying that just because my hot water heater burst and my air conditioner broke in the same weekend. But that would be historic in its own right, don't you think? Yeah, that would be. It sounds hot and wet. It just sounds like a bad situation in the summer. <laughs> it was really, really a bad situation. A wet vacuum at 1.30 in the morning. It's a good workout, but I don't recommend it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but look, the true reason that this was historic was that baseball was literally changing or making up the rules and the schedule as it went along last week. Um, first, we had two teams not playing. Then we had four. Then we had six teams not playing. Uh, we saw positive tests on three teams. Then the Phillies positives turned out to be false positives. Then we had the Indians and the White Sox playing a doubleheader with two nine-inning games. Next thing you know, the Reds and Tigers are playing a doubleheader with two seven-inning games on Sunday. I mean, seriously, there has never been anything like it. Uh, do, do you think? Do you remember anything like it? Absolutely not. No idea. I mean, I just like the the schedule on the fly. Like, uh, these wow. two teams aren't playing. You know what? We're just going to call a game. If, if, if We're going to just call these games. It's sort of like when I was playing and, you know, I lived in a cul-de-sac and growing up and we would just make up, go to the neighbor's house and say, let's have a game. And, you know, so <laughs> Orioles, Yankees, let's just do it. So, I, it's, I mean, it's, it spins your mind on every day, the exceptions and the inventions, uh, but it's on the fly and you know, people are just trying to adjust it's necessary in a season like this. I get that. Um, it's not like you have fans coming to the games. You could pretty much play anybody anytime if they're free. Yeah. A lot of teams were free. The Orioles were very free. Yeah, right. So the Yankees just stopped by and played them a couple of times, which they always enjoy. But I don't know. I, I've i never seen anything quite like this. And uh, I'm really excited that we have Andrew McCutcheon of the Phillies with us this week to help us try to make sense of what the heck happened. I'm sure you are too. I mean, absolutely. You know, I, just hearing from a player, it's important just to get that perspective. They're in it and, you know, they have that on the ground perspective. And sometimes as a player, you don't see beyond that, you know, and, and in this case, you have to be so insular and, you know, you come out for air here and there and, and then you're sort of back in it. And, but yeah, I know as a player, just the interruption, you know, I was, used to say if I sat for three games, my swing was messed up. I mean, I remember in college, you know, there was a finals and we had these big delays. I sat out 10 days. I barely picked up the bat and my swing was practically broken. And and so I I know that just from a rhythm standpoint, it's one thing. But then the health question, 
and the fears you have around your family and these constantly shifting, you know, positive tests, negative tests. Uh, what are the Marlins doing? What's the Cardinals? I, I, I'm just trying to imagine what it must be like to focus on your craft. Uh, it's It's got to be tremendously difficult. I think of my, my father when he, he had a major stroke, 2000 spring training, and ended up having chronic illness for the next three years and how hard it was to concentrate uh, and, and this is something so different It's clear and present and persistent danger where you don't know what's, you know, your family, uh, and it's so invisible. I, I, you know, I just, I look forward to, you know, hearing from players, more and more players, certainly, but this is a great gift today to have Andrew McCutcheon. Boy, no doubt. Um, because as you just said, we've got baseball and real life colliding in a way we've never seen. Uh, I mean, I know you've got a CNN appearance scheduled. Uh, CNN called me last week. Um, I did CBS this morning. I was so busy, I turned down Lester Holt. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we, the reason is what, like, what you were just touching on. And that is, this is not a sports story. This is the story of America right now. What baseball is grappling with is what we're all grappling with. And we're all literally making up our rules and making up our own schedules of our lives as we go along. It's just where we are. You know, and, and yeah, I, I, I'm looking to baseball to make sense of this. And uh, and sure, I cover the game. I played the game and I love the game. But I also now see it so differently uh, in in its social implication, its social significance, and you know, it's one thing to talk about addressing you know injustice, and but it's another thing now to consider how we function in a day to day life, knowing that baseball has a certain level of access to this information. Right, we're they're living in the virus with high performance athletes, generally healthy. They have incredible resources and access to turn things around, get testing back. And I find myself thinking about that in my kids, whether they're going to school or which literally feels like an hour to hour discussion and using baseball as the example of, okay, this is what happened to the Marlins and we have to be careful. And all that is what baseball means. I'm having conversation, parenting conversations through baseball and, and beyond. So I, I, you know, the time is unprecedented in so many regards, but in some ways, I, it's a great opportunity for baseball to to give so much pride about how it's leading us in this way, other than entertaining us or bringing normalcy. It's it's even beyond that. And um, of course, we know we can only hope for the best on any given day. But uh, that is something now I look to baseball for in, in so many regards in my life. Yeah, you're exactly right. And so we, we have the perfect guest this week because he's a man with tremendous perspective on baseball and on life. All right, let's bring in this week's very special guest. Uh, we are so honored to have Phillies outfielder Andrew McCutcheon join us. Andrew, welcome to Starkville, my friend. All right, appreciate you for having me. Yeah, now, uh, uh, judging by your Twitter feed, uh, I would say it's not exactly breaking news to you when I say this sport and your team had about as weird a week as any week in history. And I, I mean it. I I honestly don't think there's been anything like this. Uh, your team was frozen in time for a week, first because of the Marlins, then because of a couple of positive tests that baseball now believes were false positives. So first up, what was it like to live through that week? <laughs> it was mentally exhausting. Um because, you know, we've not not even to talk about, you know, starting the, this 60 game season when we started it and everything we did leading up to that. Uh, just that week um, of the uncertainty of knowing if anyone's positive um, or negative or when are we going to practice again? Uh, when are we going to play again? Like it was just the uncertainty of everything. Just it was very taxing um, on all of us uh, because we needed to figure out ourselves. Okay, well, how are we gonna keep ourselves in baseball shape um, if we can't go to the stadium because the entire stadium shut down? Um, you know, our what are we gonna do next? What's the next move? 
who's going to play us because it just seems like no one wants to play us because they're <laughs> afraid of this, this virus. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it was just it was just very, very mentally, it was just mentally exhausting just going through this whole entire process, trying to keep ourselves in shape when we can't even go to the stadium. And not me, you know, last time I played was last Saturday. So uh, I'm taking all this time off. We've only gone to the stadium three times within those eight days. And they're like, all right, New York Yankees, Monday, go get them. So, uh, oh, yeah, Garrett Cole's on now, by the way. So, you know, it's like, all right, cool. I mean, you know, so it's it's uh, it's definitely been it's it's taxing to say the least. Um, but you know, we 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 were pretty resilient through it all, and we're just happy to be back on the field. So so, what did you do the days when you couldn't go to the park? I chased my two year old son all around just around the <laughs> house in the backyard. We're supposed to be self isolating, so um, you know we can't go anywhere. They even we even had uh, we had to take our one of the saliva tests uh, at the stadium I had to drive in a little drive-through saliva tests, and they threw our our baseball stuff in the back of our trunk, and they're like, "Hey, you know, well, you know, whatever you need to do to stay in shape. What, what am I supposed to do? Throw the 85 mile fastballs to my two-year-old son? Keep my arm ready? <laughs> um, considering I can't go anywhere, so uh, I, I mean, I just I spent more time with my family. Um, That's one way to keep my legs in shape." Just, just chasing my son around. We got, we got a decent, decent backyard, so uh, just had a lot of fun doing that. But uh, you know, and he has this cool little tee um, as well, and I definitely was hitting off that tee in the backyard <laughs> with my bat and wiffle ball. So I was doing what I could. That'll get you ready for Gary Cole, huh? <laughs> hey, whatever it takes. <laughs> So what, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, I, I had my years in Philadelphia and I mean, what has it been like from, from like the team solidarity standpoint? I mean, what have you found that you're surprised your team has found ways to rally behind or get together uh, to support each other? Yeah, I, I think we, we have a, uh, we have a very diverse group of, of players. Um, but at the end of the Day we, I think we 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 do a really good job of uh, you know leaving our egos at the door before we come into the clubhouse and uh, just really being open with each other, even when it comes to small things, team votes. Um, how are we how are we going to work around um, the health and safety protocols in the clubhouse and outside of it, respecting each other and and um, you know doing our best to to protect each other. Um, it just shows we've done a really, really good job of that. Um, understanding where we are, understanding uh, through everything that happened with the Marlins um, and us being put on hold, us going, all right, guys, let's do our best to follow the protocol. And, you know, because we, we understand what's important and that's us being healthy and going out there and playing the game. So um, we, we have a great, we have a great group of guys. Um, if anything, it's, it's helped us uh, become a closer team, even through all of it. And um, yeah, we're we're looking forward to just playing here um, today. And uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been good. Um, it's been good through it all because um, it definitely uh, can make you go a little crazy. Uh, but <laughs> we've we've done a, we've done a great job together as a whole, just just coming together as a team, following the protocols, taking it day by day. And just reminding each other, hey, you know, these these games are going to happen. Let's just do what we can to 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 be prepared for them. You know, you brought up the Marlins. Uh, I'm just curious about this. Uh, at any point, did you ever get angry? Uh, like first, let me just ask about that. Then, did you ever get angry at the Marlins? I I got I was upset um, at everything that's transpired. Um, through that, through that, through whoever decided to, you know, step out or not necessarily follow the health and safety protocol, um, that upset me. Um, what made me um, angry was we, as the Phillies, and we were the ones having to pay for that. Right. Um, being that we 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 did what we needed to do, we followed the health and safety protocol. Um, you know, we felt that that was important. We understood that's what we needed to do to be able to play this game. And we did everything right and we paid for it. And so for me, that was upsetting. 
I'm sitting here at home watching 28 to 27, 26 other teams play, and we're sitting at home, all negative, by the way, and we have to watch this happen while we did nothing wrong. So for me, that was very upsetting. It was very upsetting that um, we did everything right and we were still the ones paying for it. So, um, you know, that, that, that was the tough part because we all understood what we need to do to be able to play this game, knowing that we, we got to take all of this serious, knowing that we're not just in the NBA where we're just stuck in a bubble, uh, where we're traveling, we're going from place to place. Everyone personally has their own bubble. Uh, with their families, their homes, um, and then we all have to come together. We really have to be, like, on the same page with this whole thing because, as we can see, all it takes is one person, two, whatever, uh, to really to really make things a little difficult with this season. So um, I was upset at the fact that, you know, we did everything right and we weren't playing. So, um, you know, as far as what – players or specific, or specific players from the other team, whatever they did is what they did. But we realize now, um, hopefully, you know, we can learn from that and realize that we all got to be on the same page if we want to to be able to to play this game, to play this season. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I, uh, I used to talk to players every day or players and managers and GMs. Now I talk to infectious disease experts every day. And one, one of the guys that I talked to last week said he thinks it wasn't right to just shut down two teams or four teams and everybody else play. That for both for health reasons and for competitive integrity reasons, everybody should have stopped. What do you think? Should should other teams have been allowed to just go on and play while you just had to sit there? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely something that I thought about. Um, you know, you think about it like this when, you know, you're, you're on one team and there's one guy who shows up to practice late uh, back in the day. And then the coach said, all right, he's late, so all you got to run, right? So, you know, <laughs> so we're all having to pay for this one guy who, who decided to show up late um you know i try to think about that from this standpoint of one team one person something goes down does that mean all the teams have to shut it down as well um i mean i really can't answer it because i, I don't know what the correct answer would be uh because essentially we knew that this was a possibility we knew that this could happen uh and quite Frankly, we knew it was inevitable. Inevitable. We knew that this probably was going to happen, uh, considering everyone's coming from every single place on buses, planes, uh, hotels, like, you know, literally coming from everywhere and saying, like, all right, well, stay healthy as much as you can. Like, you know, it's just that, that's that's a really hard thing. So, I, I mean, looking back on it, yeah, I mean, we're going to play the Yankees today. They, they're pretty hot right now, and we've taken eight days off. Um, of course, I'm thinking like the competitive balance with that is not even close, you know, for, for us to be able to go in. But at the same time, I mean, <laughs> you just you just want to play the game and uh, that's that's what we're going to do. We're going to do our best. So, I mean, I mean, in the perfect world. Yeah. I mean, you wanted to be as, you know, the balance to be as, you know, you want the competitive balance to be as balanced as possible. But um I mean, there's quite there's nothing that I can do because or say about it. It's just I don't I don't think I don't think you shut the whole thing down, but um, but at the same time, you don't want it to be like it was with us too. Yeah, and and I think the um, well, I guess one thing I'm curious about is as a player, how much in terms of the information that's being communicated to you about the virus, and how much has that been fluid and changing and. And, and how much have you sort of applied to your life? Like I, I have four kids and I find myself using baseball as an example to talk through about whether they're going back to school. I mean, I've taken a lot of it and brought into my life. Uh, so how much of that information do you, you find you know, useful that you've been applying to your life and how much has it, has it changed, I guess, as they've gained more information? Um, yeah, it's definitely helped me be able to, like you, like you mentioned, being able to take those things that we're learning um, at the field and bringing those home, um, realizing that me understanding
understanding how prevalent this virus really is. Um, and, um, you know, knowing that, you know, if you're in an enclosed building um, and someone has the virus, you're like 15 times more likely to get the virus as opposed to being outside um, and, and, and around, you know, where, where you're not in an enclosed space. So I understand, you know, for simple things like if my wife just really wanted to pick something up from the store or needed to grab something, realizing that, A, that, that could potentially not be a, the best thing to do. Um, or, you know, so I, if, it wouldn't, if it didn't have anything to do, if I didn't know all the things that I know now um, with, with uh, the virus and learning things about it at the stadium, I would easily, if my, you know, if we wanted to grab a bite to eat outside, I'd just be like, yeah, let's just go grab a bite to eat. You know, let's just keep our distance or, you know, whatever. But now things that I'm learning, like, all right, you know, it's probably not the best thing to do um, because A, B, and C. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely have uh, learned a lot through it and continuing to learn more through it. Um, and um, I'm, I'm very I'm overly cautious when it comes to a lot of these things. And my family can may, may at times get a little – <laughs> a little mad at me because I'm like, no, nope, don't do that, you know, like so. Um, but at the same time, you know, we all realize what we're trying to do here, and uh, you know, the, the the measures that we have to take in order to be able to sustain a 60 game season and, and playoffs right now. Do you think that that baseball is going to be able to get through this season? And I, I mean, you touched on this before um, with teams stopping and starting and the way it's working. Like, what are we going to think about the competitive integrity of this season, even if we get through it? Yeah, that is a question that um, has a lot of question marks behind it um, <laughs> because we honestly don't understand. I mean, what we had, we had a season right now to where it was 60 games um, and we had what, like 65 days to complete 60 games. So um, now we've taken eight days off. So <laughs> what are no more off days, right? Like, you know, so it's, it's literally like, so what are we going to, are we going to play 57 games in a row? Because we, there's, then within those 57 games, we're gonna, are we playing double headers? Um, you know, going into New York, we're, we're going to New York Monday, we're playing Monday. Tuesday is supposed to be a, a hurricane that's supposed to come through the entire place and wipe, just, just flood the streets. Are we really going to play on Tuesday? Probably not, but I'm going to keep myself in a mental, in a mental state to where, yeah, we are playing Tuesday. But uh, if we don't, we're going to come back and play a doubleheader on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like so, it's like literally like okay, um, like what's the next? What's the next thing? What's next? What's next? And I, I think we you know there's just so many things that happen and change every single day. Then you got the Cardinals going through what they're going through. What's next with them? Um, you know, and so I, I, it's a, it's literally a, well, I played it. I think it's gonna, I, I played a triple header in, in a ball. They, they scheduled it because literally <laughs> three, seven inning games. It was insane. I had 10 at bats in one. It was, I don't know. They might throw that out there. You know, it's like, please tell me you got a hit. I was, I was four for 10. Thank you. <laughs> They can make or break their season exactly. in one day. Like somebody's ERA went from – the bullpen went from like one to seven, and that was it. His season's was... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's it. I mean, that's really it. We, there's a lot – like I said, there's a lot of questions we don't necessarily know the answer to. And if this if this keeps up, uh, if another team gets affected, whatever. I mean, I, I just don't – I think we're just going to ride this thing out until it – until it, if if it blows up, you know, if it's just to the point where it's like it's impossible, then that's that's what it's going to come to. But till then, I think we're just going to ride it out. And what a ride! Like you've been tweeting about the information flow to it. Like at one point, you tweeted at our at our pal Ken Rosenthal. I come on Twitter to find out if we're playing or not. <laughs> Is it seriously people in the media, people like us, were finding out this stuff before you were? That yes, um, not all the time, but some most times yes, and I, I, I realize why. Um, I said right now anyway. Um, a lot of times with 
say when we're trying to figure out if we're positive or negative or you know whatever the saliva tests are sometimes that's all we want to know are we negative you know so in the mid in the middle of all of that um our teams and or whatnot are getting this information they're getting the information if we're positive or negative so then they get the information after they get the information now they're figuring out what is next what do we need to do next for the team oh do do we are they working out tomorrow? Let, let's figure out a schedule. Let's get let's get this schedule. So they're working through step by step by step by step by step. And so as they're working through all this, they haven't told us yet that we're negative. You know, so we're like waiting. And then by that time, somewhere, somehow, uh, between, like, say it was out of between us and the Yankees at the time, then the information gets out that, you know, there was a, there was a positive on the visiting clubhouse side on the yard. You know, all the, the all the players are next. So then that information gets out. We haven't gotten it yet because the team's still trying to work through this whole scheduling for us. So uh, that's why I ended up saying, like, because that was the first thing I first time I had heard of it. Like, I was like, wait, so we're we're negative? That that's cool. Like, you know, like you know. So um, <laughs> that, I mean, that's that's that is the the day and age of, of information and how things are getting out. I I learned I was traded on Twitter. I didn't, I wasn't <laughs> called. I, was, I didn't get a phone call right away. I was, I, my wife, I was in the middle of a workout. My wife sent me a picture and a text and it, and it said McCutcheon traded to the Giants, you know, and I was, and I was like, wait, what? And so, so I had, I had no clue. And then I got a call you know, 20 minutes later, you know, that, um, that, that was in the works. So, um yeah that's that is how it happens sometimes they have i mean it's been better these last few days we've been finding out things you know first before it comes out but um sometimes it happens that way yeah i mean and i think you know one thing we i i often talk about during this time i teach a course at university of connecticut on sport in society and i guess you know what's what's your biggest hope for baseball in seeing the opportunity because you know we we heard your incredible poem uh, with Morgan Freeman and and just addressing justice, social justice issues. And, and obviously our country has been transformed through athletics, through sport. And and so what do you see as the great opportunity, not only in addressing this virus and educating us all about it, but also just uh, sports role in being able to influence and shape society? Um, yeah, I think we're in a very good position. We're in a position to where our, voice, our voices can be heard um, just because of where we are as a generation right now. Um, everyone waiting on sports. Sports is what everyone was waiting for. And now that sports is back and, and uh, it's, it's amazing to be able to turn the TV on and see that you, know, you got baseball, you got, you got choices now. You, got, you have things that you can watch. Um, a lot of people are watching that. A lot of people are, are, are owning in and, and watching us right now. And, uh, you know, I know, you know, LeBron has to hold more than an athlete. Um, and for me, I, I look at baseball as, as being uh, a byproduct of being able to use my voice uh, to, to be able to do things that mean something to me. And I realize that um, people pay attention to that. People really want to know. They want to know our opinions sometimes. They want to know what we're doing to to be able to create a, uh, and have an effective change in our society. So um, it, it's definitely putting us in a position to where we're able to, to utilize that and um, and to realize that uh, that there are some things that, that need to be addressed that are being addressed and that we, we definitely can and have our hand and say in, in, in a lot of those things that are happening right now in our nation. You know, you wrote words that were read by Morgan Freeman. And, How crazy is that? Yeah, I like. I want to write some words that are read by Morgan Freeman. Like he could read my shopping list. I don't care. But you know, like I always describe you to people as you're one of the most talented human beings ever to play baseball, and and I mean that. But tell me about writing those words for Morgan Freeman how that came about, how he came to read them, how every team, every ballpark, those words were played on the board with him reading your words. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, it was, uh, 
really, really crazy. After having this conversation with um, a lot of baseball players, some, some, some former, some current, um, and really thinking of uh, what is something that we could do um, as a, as a whole uh, in the sport. Um, really having that conversation, one thing leading to another, um, and then having the conversation with my wife, uh, one, my, one of my, my PR guy, and kind of figuring out, all right, well, we, I, I said, well, we need something to be read. Um, to voice what it is that we're doing um, and the meaning behind it. And um, my PR guy, my PR guy's name's John. And he said, uh, okay, well, who's going to write it? Well, I kind of asked the question, actually, who's going to write it? Um, and he goes, well, honestly, I think you should. And I was like, no. <laughs> goes, no, no, that's no. If that's going to be read around all the state, no, no. Uh, and, uh, you know, after having the conversation with him, having the conversation with my wife, uh, really talking through it, um, really understanding that these aren't my words. These are just, these are words from having conversations with a plethora of 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 baseball players um, and talking through so many things, 30, 40 minute conversations just about our society, um, our, our nation, um, realizing that these aren't my words. These are conversations that I've had with so many different people and you're going to be putting this down on a sheet of paper. Um, and so once I really started to own in on that and realize that, um, I went, Hun, I need some help. <laughs> She's a lot smarter than I am. But, um, you know, being able to just sit down, me and her, and write a have just have, just have a bunch of things just written out and then just taking bits and pieces and adding it in. And um, it, came out, it came out the way that it did. And after that was said, I went, all right, who's reading it? Uh, and you know, my PR guy's like, ah, you know, I think you know you should. I'm like, no, I'm not reading it. Like, <laughs> and, and I, basically, I went, you know, it'd be cool uh, if we got like a very famous voice to read. And, uh, and like, like, like who? Morgan Freeman. You know? <laughs> I threw a name out, and uh, we we kind of chuckled because we really didn't have much time. Um, and, uh, I was like, you know, just spitballing and one thing led to another. And the next thing, you know, I, I, uh, I got, I, I got the, the call, um, that, you know, Morgan Freeman was, was going to help out. And, uh, so yeah, it was, uh, it was a really, 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 uh, powerful moment, um, for, for me and for my family, for, just I think all of baseball, honestly. So it was a, it was a, it was a, it's something that I listen to every single day. Every single day I listen to it uh, really? because it means something. It means something, and uh, you know, and so every every day I'm on, every every time I get up and I'm on my way to the stadium, I'm, I'm listening to that because you know it's very power, it's very powerful for me. Very powerful. But wait, I just I need to figure this out. So Morgan Freeman was just. Hanging around, and somebody said, "Hey, Andrew McCutcheon wrote some stuff down. Why don't you read that?" And <laughs> how did this happen? <laughs> no, it didn't happen like that. <laughs> uh, there was definitely uh, some negotiations, some talks, and uh, you know, just them really, really trying to figure things out. But uh, at the end of the day, he agreed. You know, so, so I, I was just like, you know, that's uh, that, that's really cool. But um, yeah. Uh, it was, it was, it didn't just, Hey, more, you want to read these words? And I really, you know, I went, it wasn't, wasn't that easy, but um, yeah, the fact that he, he was able to get to the point to where he did read it real on it. It made me realize and understand that uh, he, he believes in what was put on a sheet of paper. What, what was going to be read? He believes in that, you know, that and for me, I was like that, that is, is, is awesome. That is powerful that, you know, it, no one's just going to read something, you know, unless they believe in it, you know. So it was, um, it was pretty powerful for me. 
Wow. Yeah, and you know, you've uh, and you've definitely spoken out on spoken out issues just growing up and trying to bring people together and create understanding. And uh, I, I guess one question I have is, were you surprised how quickly things changed where baseball took this sort of frontline position on social issues? You know, I, I know when I was playing all the time, I was asked, you know, declining percentage of, of black baseball players, what's happening, and there was no clear answers. And, you know, there was more of a step back kind of role in engagement. And then all of a sudden, like, boom, not only our country, but baseball took kind of a leading role. Did you, was that timetable surprising to you? Or what, what was your thoughts about that? Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I didn't necessarily know what baseball was going to do if they were going to do anything. I, I just, I didn't know. Um, but understanding our situation, it being a unique situation, one, there's only, as of last year, that was only close to eight percent of African American uh, players on the on the on the roster, um, and also understanding there's other countries on top of just America that's also um, in this sport, um, and it, it, that that makes the sport very unique. You know, you got the NBA, who's like seventy four percent African American. You got football who's like 70 percent african-american um and realizing all right baseball is they're a minority in the minority um and realizing I, I didn't necessarily know what was planned um for for us um so and us meaning baseball um but um them you know them showing up and basically saying you know we we support everything and you know we are We'll, we'll do whatever we need to do, whatever it takes to to uh, show that that we do support. Um, it was it was good to, to see. It was definitely good to see. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, they were they're very, very transparent with just just everything, um, realizing that they want help, but also understanding that they they want to make sure what they're doing is right. Um, because uh, and that's something that I've realized, especially within the game of baseball, my and teammates and guys who aren't African American, um, you know, realizing that there's some they want to help. There's guys who want to to lend a helping hand. They just they sometimes need the direction. They sometimes need the conversations. They need to talk uh, because sometimes they're like, "Look, I I can't put myself in your shoes," but. Uh, what I want to do is I want to be a part and I want to help. So what do I need to do to help? So um, that's basically what I felt like was what Major League Baseball um, did. And, um, you know, I just hope, you know, hopefully it doesn't, it doesn't just stop, you know, at opening day. Mm-hmm. Boy, we really need to continue this conversation. Uh, you'll have to come back yeah. sometime because I know you got to go. But before we let you go, you have to, you and Doug have to play Pennsylvania's most popular game, Know Your Pirates Phillies oh, Trivia. No. Okay, oh, so there's, this is, there's one, <laughs> there's just one question. Okay, it'll be multiple choice. Be a piece of cake because you, Andrew McCutcheon, are one of two men who has hit at least 10 home runs for both the Pirates and the Phillies in the 21st century. Who is the other? I'm going to make this multiple oh, wow. choice so you and Doug can All both right, take a shot. Is it, ready? Is it Ty Wigginton? Is it Corey Dickerson? Is it Marlon Bird or Jose Batista? Wigginton, Dickerson, Bird, Batista. Andrew McCutcheon, you must guess. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Wigginton, Bird, Batista. And what was the Corey movie? Dickerson Corey Dick- is the other one. Corey Dickerson? Wow. <laughs> I'm devious, aren't I? I'm going Corey Dickerson. Wow. Okay, Corey Dickerson is Andrew McCutcheon's uh, answer. Doug Glanville, it is now your turn. I'll say Marlon Bird. Okay, so that's your final answer, both guys? Why not? Yes. <laughs> okay. The actual answer is Ty Wigginton. <laughs> oh, Hit my gosh. Did 11 for the I Phillies. With him. <laughs> yes, you did. 11 for the Phillies, 12 for the Pirates. Uh, Marlon only had three for the Pirates. Uh, Corey Dickinson only eight oh, for the Phillies. Eight. Batista 
only two for the Phillies. This wasn't there very yeah, long. No, he wasn't. And uh, that uh, there you go. It's kind of a great trivia <laughs> answer because he played for like thirty teams or something. So. He, he always hit like <laughs> he nine <did>. home runs. <laughs> exactly. I was basing it off. I was basing it off. Of, I thought we had a stat at some point, which we did, where it was like everyone had at least ten homers on the field. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, I really see this game catching on, or not. <laughs> All right, we're gonna have to let catch go, Doug. Yeah. Uh, believe it or not. He's actually got a baseball game to play for the first time in over a week on Monday night. He's pumping his fists. Uh, listen, man, great having you on Starkville. And feel free to send us those Uncle Larry t-shirts that are going around. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got a lot of people asking about those. Yeah, we can bring – can we bring him on as a separate guest into Starkville? That, that <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's somewhat of a, a recluse, but I, I'll see if I can get him a recluse. He's getting a big hit. He, hit. I mean, he's a he's a he's like the most famous uncle in America now. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I'll let you go, my friend. Thank you very much for taking time. Great having Absolutely. you. Right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks for having. Me. Appreciate it. All right, Doug. It's time for one of our favorite parts of every podcast. It's listener trivia. Our way of involving you, our favorite listeners in this show. Uh, once again, this week, we are literally involving you because, you know, those peaceful days where you just had to listen to the podcast and watch us bungle your trivia questions from afar. You know, those yeah. days, they're over. <laughs> the good times have arrived. Uh, oh, you know, we're getting this right. All right. Well, not that good. <laughs> but now, if we select the your question, we give you an opportunity to ask it to us live on the show. Your chance to achieve major podcast stardom merely by stumping us. Let's just say the stumping has gone well for you guys yes, so far. Very well. All right, it's four weeks in. Uh, it's listeners four. Uh, <laughs> Doug and Jason still zero. I, you know, I still want partial credit. You know, we've gotten like how. No, trivia does not work that way because I have, I ask these questions. I don't give any partial credit. Like we can say we've gotten close. We have. We've gotten a we've bunch gotten of the hard names. But yep, then, yep, of course, yep, we yep. missed the easy names. It's just how it works. So we screwed this up pretty much every way that can be done. That's just what we do. Uh, this week, it's Ryan Peacock's turn. Uh, Ryan fired his question at us via the miracle of Twitter. Uh, his Twitter handle is at Mista, M-I-S-T-A, underscore Peacott. So first off, Ryan, welcome to Starkville. Thank you very much for joining us, my friend. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. This is awesome. Uh, all right, well, tell me where you're from and uh, what you'd be doing right now, um, which, you know, who obviously should be doing something more important than taking time <laughs> out of your busy day to ambush us with this question. So, Well, actually, it's funny you say that, um, that it worked out. I'm from New Mexico. And uh, I'm an essential worker, and I was actually recently exposed to COVID at work. And so I'm, I'm on quarantine right now, actually. So it, wow. it just happens to work out that I was free today because of that. So wow. um, how, how are you feeling? I feel fine. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I have it. And I'm, I'm high risk, so I've been kind of worried about it, but I'm good. Uh, no symptoms or nothing. I took my test, still waiting on my results, but I think I'm good. I said, so, so you reported symptoms or you no, never reported no, symptoms? Never just, had symptoms. They, they, just you were exposed. I was exposed to several people at uh, the place I work that tested positive. And so now I have to quarantine. Wow. Uh, so so just, just tell us, how, how stressful has that been? <laughs> it's not been great. Um, it's, it's been tough. Uh, I'm, in, I'm in the food industry. I'm finishing up my college degree this, uh, this fall. And uh, I'm a manager at a restaurant. And... Our sales have like nearly doubled uh, because of COVID. We do delivery and all that, so we've been managing a lot of extra, a lot of extra workload. And uh, this is what gets me through it. Honestly, is uh, the podcasts I listen to. Uh, I can throw you guys in, or the Seven Fifty Five podcast, or the Pausecast. Doesn't matter. Uh, uh, that's what gets me through it. Really, is is listening to this kind of content. So um, that's why I'm extra excited to be here to tell you guys thank you for what you guys do uh, for me, you know. 
Well, thank thank you, man. Thanks for what you do for us and for everybody, and also thanks for plugging all those athletic podcasts. That was they deserve the <laughs> that was really excellent work. Excellent work by you. Uh, and so, ha, ha, all right, where did this question come from? Uh, looked like you actually submitted it right after listening to us one day. I actually looked it up a, a little while back, um, probably like three weeks ago. Um, after listening to it, I was like, yeah, I'm sure I could find something like that. And uh, <clears throat> pulled up baseball reference, um, started comparing years and whatnot. Um, then decided, hey, you know what? Shoot my shot. Might get a chance to be on here. So, you know, here I am. All right. Well, you've done it. Now, we did like the question. We had some issues with the question. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure who should be in charge of fact-checking these questions in the future. It's either, either going to be you or our trusty evil mayor mayor tim <laughs> but, but probably I'm both mayor. I'm right mayor absolutely <laughs> okay it's all it's all his fault all right we're gonna we're gonna forgive you um but let's just say tim said that your actual answer to the question you submitted was we're gonna say only partially correct <laughs> okay so uh hopefully you guys have figured it out by now uh and because we still loved the question we're going to let you ask whatever version of it we're, we're on to now. So okay. go for it, Ryan. The floor is yours. All right. So your question today is from 2000 to 2010, only two players in the major leagues were able to uh, land on the top 10, both stolen bases and home runs in the same season. And that was Vladimir Guerrero and Alfonso Soriano. From 2011 to 2019, four players were able to achieve this landing top 10 in home runs and stolen bases in all of the majors. Who were the four players? Okay. So that was top 10 in this, in the majors in the same season. Yeah. Same season. Okay. Both. Wow. All right. Now it feels like we did a, uh, a power speed question not so long ago, but yeah. boy, there are, there are a lot of choices. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. yeah I'm just you, thinking 30, 30 right out of the gate. Yeah, well, like just, yeah, it doesn't have to be 30-30 to get there, but it, it you have to make a run at it right now. Uh, I'm going to start with Ronald Acuna Jr. First of all, I'm obsessed with that guy. Second, Ryan, since your Twitter avatar is a photo of you in a Braves cap, <laughs> I know he's going to be one of my guesses. Oh, good research. Okay? I like right? it. Uh, I'm almost sure that Christian Yelich also did this last year because he's another guy that I'd just yeah, tracking all, all my time. All okay. My all right. So then I have a whole bunch of names written down. Let me take a look at my list here. Uh, there was our guest this week on the show, Andrew McCutcheon, um, mm. Mike Trout, of course, mm -hmm. on all these lists. Um, Ryan Braun. <clears throat> that's a stealth Ooh. answer. That's Paul stealth Goldschmidt, answer. another stealth answer. Brian Ooh. Dozier would be another one. Ooh. Yeah, and then I have those. again all these other names. I thought about Jose Altuve because he's Man. been on a power kick, right? Uh, Mookie. Justin, oh my goodness, you're Justin killing me. Upton. Uh, there was Upton. Cargo back in the day. Yeah. I'm, like I'm sure I'm missing even more. Like I said, I had lots of names, but oh man, I'm gonna go with with chalk for three of them: Acuna, uh, Yelich, okay. and yep. Trout. Mm -hmm. And for the fourth one, uh, I'm just gonna say Ryan Braun. Just have a feeling on him. Good Doug, one. Doug, who you got? Well, the way we – this has still failed us miserably because uh, he <laughs> guesses four and then I guess four and yeah, we still get one. we do. Uh, and, yeah, I had those names. Uh, I had those names on my list. I, I had bets. I put bets in there because I know he He had like – yeah, he had, the year he had 346. So, yeah. So, anyway, I'm going to throw on Mookie Betts. I'm just writing this down as I say it. <laughs> Uh, what about Bellinger? Did he steal a lot of bases last year? I thought he did sold some bags. Yeah. All right, all right. Let me. Some is a lot. I mean, you could do some, but not getting the top ten in both. Top ten. Okay. Well, I I like. All right, you know, because the stolen bases have gone down. I kind of like it more recent because people are not really running. Right. Um. All right. So I like. <laughs> all right. So let me let me do Jose Altuve. Okay. All right. All right, that's it. I am going to go – I will go Cody Bellinger. I think he snuck in there as like 10th. And then I will go – I'll go Paul Goldschmidt. Okay, so Mookie, Altuve, Bellinger, Bellinger. and Goldschmidt. That's and I right. went Acuna, Yelich, Trout, Braun. So we got eight names <laughs> for the price of four. 
There's got to be some stumper in there, uh, you, like you know, you know I, like some sleeper. I like I I think we have a shot at this, Doug. Um, there's uh, we'll probably figure out some way to get it wrong. So uh, let's bring back Ryan. Let's Ryan, is there any chance that somewhere within this thousand names we just submitted, we got the four right? Well, you got two of them at least. Two. You got uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. Oh. and Christian Yelich. Both did it in 2019, yep. top ten. But then okay, so uh, I know that I knew those. I believe in 2017. It was Jose Ramirez of the Cleveland Indians oh, yeah, who ended right? up on both lists. Right, and then right. you got to go all the way back to 2011 to find that Matt Kemp did it. Ooh, ended up on one. both lists. Oof. Matt right. Kemp. Wow. Remember when Matt Kemp was a thing in this sport? <laughs> yeah, he was amazing. I, I, I forgot he used to steal bases like that. Just that's totally a good one. Forgot. Yeah. Uh, Ramirez, that's that's sneaky. That that one's yeah, tough. Yeah, he's a good trivia stumper. He's a great uh, one, player. He, all right. Well, now what we usually do after we get this wrong is we bring in the uh, the evil mayor, Mayor Tim. Uh, he pops in. He gives us some cool pay, play-by-play action of one of the guys in the answer, just to make us feel better. Uh, Tim, <laughs> can you help us this week? I sure can, guys. And Doug mentioned 30-30, guys. And all four of those players did go 30-30 in those seasons. Yelich exactly 30 stolen bases last year. But everybody else safely in the 30-30 club in the years that they did this. So, And Acuna Jr. last year, very close to 40-40 with the 41 homers and 37 stolen bases. That combined with the fact that Ryan is a Braves fan means we're going to bring you some Ronald Acuna sound. This was a game September 12th. 2019 a couple of steals and a home run late for the Braves there goes Acuna Real Muto's throw not in time and Ronald Acuna Jr. goes one step closer to a 40-40 season there goes Acuna again and he's stolen another and a fly ball to center field back he goes to the wall and gone Ronald Acuna Jr. with a solo shot a step closer within a home run of 40. And he didn't quite get there with the stolen bases, finishing yeah. with 37, but what a season. Yeah, I saw the 30th steal in New York, and I thought that was uh, August. I thought for sure he was going to get there, but I, the whole thing overwhelmed him a little bit, yeah. unfortunately, but he will, he'll, he'll get there. All right, good work, Ryan. Uh, you got your own question wrong, then we got it wrong. <laughs> so we can feel each other's pain, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, and, and Ryan, really appreciate your words earlier. Just uh, that it means everything, really. I mean, we love the sport. We've Jason and I have been friends a long time. I was a fan when I was in college in Philly of his. And um, this podcast is kind of it embodies our friendship. And I think whenever that means that much to someone or anyone, then it's you know we're doing the best work we could possibly do so very much appreciate you know you letting us know that it helps you through your day and uh, you know hopefully you continue to be part of this family absolutely like no doubt i'm going to be renewing my subscription every year um and even if i for whatever reason can't one year i know i can still listen to you guys for free on like Spotify. So uh, you'll have at least one listener for as long as you guys do. (laughs) All right. We're in Doug. We've got one. We got one. Now we really do, really do enjoy uh, having people like you stop by. It keeps us going. So Ryan, thank you very much. We, we, we enjoyed this for some reason, (laughs) even though we got it wrong. Uh, Be, be well, my friend and keep listening and keep doing what you do. Awesome. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Tim. Thanks to Ryan for adding to our trivia losing streak. Uh, And just remember, next week, this could be you asking us a question and enjoying every moment of us getting it wrong. (laughs) We'll tell you how to do that a little later in the pod. But first, one thing we try to do is use the trivia question to inspire a topic for the show. So, Doug, uh, I put together a list of the six players in baseball who have at least two homers and at least two steals this year. Okay, then we'll figure out which of them has the best shot to land in the top 10 of both categories, assuming everybody can make it through the season. Here we go. All right. Teoscar Hernandez. Talked about him last week with Dan Schulman. Four mm-hmm. homers, two steals. Uh, wow. Trevor Story is also four and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trent Grisham from the Padres, three and two. Joey Gallo just hit a monster over the center field fence in San Francisco. So he's got three homers and two steals. 
uh, Dansby Swanson, two homers, three steals. And one of your favorites, man, Fernando Tatis Jr., two homers, three steals. Uh, Doug, as I mentioned off air, I can't believe that Whit Merrifield has the homers, but not the steals. He's got three homers, uh, did lead the AL in stealing bases twice. You can throw him in there if you want. So, All right, who, uh, that list, who do you think has the best chance to land in the top ten in the majors this year in homers and in steals? Wow, that's a good one. Who can keep this going? I'll say Tatis Jr. <laughs> he is a beast. He is yeah. super talented. Yeah. Yeah, you can never go wrong with Fernando Tatis. Uh, he, he did steal 32 in the minors a couple of years ago. Uh, of our list, I w- looked at the uh, average sprint speed leaders on Baseball Savant, and he was he's the, the top guy on all this these lists. Uh 33rd in baseball last year in average sprint speed. But, you know, Teoscar Hernandez is interesting. He did have three 30-steal seasons in the minors. Uh, he probably gets thrown out a little too much. They won't let him steal if he keeps that up. Uh, another guy, Trevor Story. You know, he's got 50 stolen bases the last two full seasons. Yeah, he's and he's right behind Tatis in average sprint speed. If they let him run, I think he could do this. So you'll go Tatis. I will go Trevor Story based on our premise that we always take a Rocky. <laughs> Every one of these. That's a good bet. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure that'll be one more thing that we'll get wrong. Um, Doug, before we go, um, you might be aware I write this weekly column called the useless info department. I love it. Yeah. Looks at the strangest, but truest things that happen every week. And, uh, in an attempt to shamelessly promote that column, uh, we're introducing a segment in this podcast that will do the same thing. Uh, look at the strange, but true things of the week. Uh, we did this last week. People seem to enjoy it. We're going to make it a weekly thing. So, um, I'm going to ask you first, pick out one crazy thing that caught your eye in the last week, and then we'll laugh about it. Absolutely. Oh, so many choices. Yeah, well, always. Well, I'm gonna, I gotta go with the personal story here. That is Jackie Bradley Jr. running after a ball in right center in New York, jumps up to try to catch a ball that goes over the fence. I think Aaron Judge hits it. And he gets stuck in the Pepsi sign. Like, just stuck in his foot, just the spikes just get stuck. Of course he did. And uh, so this, of course, brought me back to 1990. Cape Cod Baseball League played for Wareham. And in, there was a ball. I'm not sure if I was playing center or left, but the ball was hitting the gap. And it, it kind of sat by the chain link fence up against the wall. And I thought I was cool because I'd seen this move where you slide around the ball and pop up by the fence and then pick the ball up and throw and get your use like the fence to push off and go get your momentum so your throw has a little more heat on it. So I do the slide around thing. I'm cool. I get the ball. Unfortunately, I go through the fence and <laughs> get stuck in the chain link fence. So I had to like roll the ball to the out, other outfield. I don't know if I was a left. Let's say I was a left. I had to roll the ball to the center fielder. And they threw it in, and you know, a guy got to triple, I think, or whatever. And they're like all going back to position, getting ready for next pitch. And I'm like waving my hand, like, I'm stuck in the fence. <laughs> I can't get out of the fence. Like they thought I was joking. Like, what do you not? I was stuck in the fence. So the chain link <laughs> bottom part, I slid through it, and then it kind of clamped down. I could not get out. So they had to stop the game, and the umpires all ran out, like the and they had, they were the ones who actually pulled me out. The umpires pulled the fence out and then I was able to get my leg out. So you would think it would stop there, but no, two days later, we were on a road game taking batting practice and they had this, I think it was Katuit or Harwich or something. Balls hit over the fence and I go to jump over the fence to get the ball because this is in big leagues. You got to get the ball. <laughs> and my foot gets stuck at the top of the chain link fence <laughs> when I jump over to get the ball. So now, once again, everybody goes back to like normal and I'm like, I'm stuck again in the fence. <laughs> so they came over and I think of Mark Smith, who's USC pulls a fence out and I get my leg. So literally twice in a week, I got stuck in a chain link fence. And so I'm very appreciative of Jackie Bradley Jr. Reminding me of this tragic week of mine. 
and Cape Cod history comes back to life on Starkville. Wow, great moments <laughs> in Glanville history there. Was was there any advertising on the fence? Wear them? Um, there was, you know, I think there was, that's a good <laughs> question. I think there was somewhere, but uh, but no, the, the, where, the one I slid through was actually in Bourne. We were on the road. And Bourne was known as like up in this area would always get fog. All the fog would kind of sit. So we'd have these fog delays. And I always had an extra special thing for Bourne because three of my college teammates played for Bourne. So I was always trying to like, you know, and, you know, beat up on those guys. I was always bragging rights. So we did pretty well. We lost in the finals to YD, Yarmouth Dennis. And on game, literally game three, I hit the uh, tie, two outs, two strikes in the last inning. I had a tie home run, uh, game tying home run. And we lost an extra inning. So. That was cool, though. Had the and I, I think I only hit one home run the whole season, and I hit one. <laughs> Good timing. Tied the game. Yeah, pretty cool. But yeah. uh, we lost. Well, I asked about the advertising because I was thinking, like, if Jackie Bradley Jr.'s agent doesn't get this guy a Pepsi commercial out of this, <laughs> something's wrong. It's just wrong. Okay. <laughs> like the Bud Light guy gets holds the both beers and gets hit in the chest. Of course, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, that one. Yeah, I, I love that. And, you know, I, I want to tell you my new theme for this season, and that is embrace the weirdness. <laughs> like, this is the strangest season ever, so we should just roll with it. There's no point in fighting it. It's going to no. be weird. So embrace the weirdness. Uh, and so for that reason, for the second week in a row, I'm, I'm just transfixed by all the bar- bizarre stuff that's coming with this new extra inning rule where they put the runner on second with nobody out to start every extra inning. Now you have called that runner the ghost runner, which, <laughs> which I love. And uh, like if you're paying attention every night now, something totally insane happens <laughs> because of this rule. Uh, probably none more than what happened in Houston last Tuesday. Uh, we had Dodgers and Astros in the 13th inning. Edwin Rios leading off that inning for the Dodgers. And then he did something that has never before been done in Major League Baseball, uh, mostly because it was impossible to do until a (laughs) week and a half ago. Sneeds 2-2. Rios turns on it. High drive to right field. It is gone! Edwin Rios with a two-run home run here in the 13th to put him in front 4-2. Joe Davis with the call. Now, that was great, right? He, But here's the thing. He didn't just hit a home run. Nope. He didn't just hit a two-run home run. He nope. didn't just hit a leadoff home run. <laughs> nope. He hit a two-run leadoff home run. Okay? <laughs> there, there have been 307,859 home runs hit in baseball history, but only one leadoff two-run homer. You were a longtime leadoff man, Glanville. Top that. I trying to figure out without the use of cloning how I could actually pull this <laughs> off. I just, it's just bizarre, but that yeah. lead off to run Homer. Yeah. That's, that's what yeah. we got. Yeah. And like, not only that, that was foreshadowed on this show. Two weeks ago, we had our pal Boog Shambi on the show. Now Boog, uh, he, He's been thinking about this rule. We talked about this rule. He had some thoughts about what he wanted to see happen. Guess who was on the call of that game? Let's think back to what was Boog's dream. What did he tell us his dream was on this show? The other thing, too, from a broadcasting standpoint, I'm really looking forward to the first time in my career uttering this phrase. And it's a leadoff two-run homer. <laughs> Doug, dreams do come true. They, they came true for Boog. Oh my gosh! Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I have. I, I need. We need to look this one up because I had a very strange leadoff home run off of Oliver Perez in San Diego, uh, back at Jack. What was it called? Jack Murphy, which yeah. was Qualcomm. They had little palm trees that were lit by spotlights over the fence. Yeah, they did. Yep. Hit a home run. It broke a light and the tree caught fire. 
That was really <laughs> <laughs> so I you know I got to pull this up because it sounds like you know that can't quite be right, but it literally was smoking, <laughs> and uh, so I you know I thought that could rank up there with the two run leadoff home run and the strange like why would a tree catch fire on a home run why would that happen i don't know so we're gonna have to go to the video on that one because i i'm maybe about you know a little foggy but yes the smoke i you know so that was very interesting so yeah this is the gonna be the year of just you just have to accept it you just go in with eyes wide open and know that you're not seeing what you think you're seeing that, that's exactly right. I, I I don't know what was weirder about that story that the tree caught on fire or you hit a home run off a guy who's still pitching. He's still, that's like the only <laughs> guy left. I think <laughs> he might he might be. Uh, all right, I, like one of these weeks we're going to talk about this rule. Uh, I, I wrote about it last week. I love the rule, but we're not. It won't be this week. Just keep thinking about this. You, you, oh, yeah. you can try to help me uh, get a grip on these things i think <laughs> all right that's going to do it for this week starkville let me remind you again starkville is available in its entirety absolutely free now wherever you get your podcasts and of course you can still find us on the athletic app and the athletic website uh also if you'd like to read the stuff we write for a living or the amazing writing of our incredible staff there is still no better sports writing being done anywhere in America than you will find in The Athletic. So if you've thought about subscribing, you can get 40% off a one-year subscription by going to theathletic.com slash Starkville. Also remember, you can be a part of this podcast just like Ryan Peacock today. We're now inviting the listener who submits the most fun trivia question of the week to join us right here in the podcast and prove Every week, there's almost no baseball trivia question that we can't get wrong. So how would you do that? Uh, well, you could submit your question via email. We have an email inbox. That would be starkvilleattheathletic.com. Or you can do what Ryan did this week. Hit us up on Twitter. If you wanted to tweet at Doug Glanville, how would that work, Doug? That just hit me at Doug Glanville, D-O-U-G-G-L-A-N-V-I-L-L-E. All right. Or you can tweet at me. I'll also do a spelling thing at J-A-Y-S-O-N-S-T. That's Jason with a Y-S-T. Please remember to hashtag those questions. Hashtag Starkville QS. All right, Doug, thanks for playing. Thanks to Andrew McCutcheon for visiting us and enlightening us. Thanks to Ryan Peacott for the trivia question. Thanks to the evil mayor, Tim McMaster, for producing us and putting up with us. And thanks to you all for listening. Like last week, I'm still not 100% sure what's going to happen to the baseball season in the next week. But one thing for sure, we will see you next week on Starkville. <laughs>